Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. On today's program, as the jury selection process and Governor Eric Wrighton's felony invasion of privacy trial continues, that process now on its second day. Our reporter Rachel Lippman is at the courthouse downtown where the prospective jurors are being questioned. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Don. Is the progress still plodding along? It is plodding along. So far today, they've struck 11 for hardships. That means sitting on a trial for a week would present some kind of difficulty, either with family or medical issues. They have struck three for cause. One was a pastor who had an opinion about infidelity, and two of them were by consent of both the prosecution and the defense. So we don't know the reasoning behind that. They've sent four more ahead to a second round of questioning. That brings that total to 21. Uh, the ponderous pace, though, has already kind of shifted some deadlines around. It now looks like that second round of voir dire or jury questioning is going to be Tuesday, or is going to be Tuesday instead of Monday, which means opening arguments are probably pushed back until Wednesday. Uh-huh. So there is some news. Uh, there was a meeting earlier today, as I understand it, Rachel, between the judge and uh, a number of lawyers, basically uh, taking a look at phone data. Do we know anything about the uh, outcome of that get-together? Well, we know that the uh, the prosecution obtained and executed a search warrant for the governor's phone, and like you said, they were going through some of the data on it. According to Jim Martin, one of the attorneys for Governor Greitens, uh, when uh, Mr. Callahan, Richard Callahan, who's sort of the person who was appointed to go through the photos and determine what could be potentially admitted as evidence, he went through 16,000 images and videos and found none associated with um, uh, KS, who is the woman who uh, accused Governor Greitens of taking this photo without her permission. It was a semi-nude photo. And apparently the forensic analyst also wrote that there was no evidence of a photo being taken or have not found evidence that an image was deleted. This all came in the context of a discussion about uh, kind of ongoing evidence stuff. Um, the uh, attorneys for the defense Jim Martin specifically said, look, there's still one more data set out there. We are in the second day of jury selection. This is a continuing fishing expedition. We need to just shut this down. Nothing more. Uh, I haven't heard a specific ruling on whether they will be allowed to review that last data set, and this would be from Apple specifically. You would have to think that not finding anything on that phone uh, that uh, you just described would be good news for the defense. Well, Jason Rosenbaum, my fellow reporter, has, you know, put this point in, in a lot of times. He doesn't have the same phone he has from 2015. So the idea that a gov- the governor would have the same phone from 2015, I don't have the same phone that I had in 2015. You know, I don't know one way or the other whether that means anything, but that is something to point out, that we don't necessarily have the same phone we had um, at the time that this took place back in 2015. Maybe that would be a reason for the judge to go forward with um, reviewing Apple and sort of cloud data that might extend back to that time. But keeping in mind that we do switch out cell phones pretty frequently, you know, you can read into it, I think, kind of one way or the other. But it has been an ongoing thing that we don't know. And there's been no evidence yet that the prosecution has this photo. Is the governor there today? Governor is there today. Again, uh, so far he has been the, the only person we haven't seen, family members, supporters, first lady, etc. here at all. He is there. For those who are curious, he is in a suit again today. He has dropped the um, khakis, blazer, unbuttoned shirt look, suit and tie today with a white pocket square. Still with the cowboy boots? I, I haven't looked closely <laughs> enough to know if it is cowboy boots. 
Rachel, uh, are, are you learning anything through the questioning of uh, these prospective jurors uh, by the lawyers? Anything coming out of that that might be of uh, interest? What they seem to be looking for is not necessarily people who know nothing about the case, but who are relatively low information about it. Maybe they've just kind of heard something in passing. They aren't actively seeking out information. Um, you know, they're like, yeah, we know that the governor might have taken a picture uh, kind of thing. Um, they don't really want anyone who has absorbed a ton of information about this because as both attorneys have now taken to saying, both uh, prosecution and defense attorneys have taken to saying is you can't unsee what you've seen, you can't unheard what you've heard. I've been joking around that if we were, you know, playing a drinking game with that, we'd be, uh, you know, a little bit happier, maybe, perhaps. But um, they really are emphasizing that you can't information that you have heard may taint the ability to be fair. And so far, the judge has been seemed willing to accept that as a reason to strike for cause. They want a jury that is kind of coming in as a blank slate. And this one has been unique in that there has been a ton of media coverage of this start to finish. What is start the, to right now, I should say. What is the demeanor of the lawyers as they question these prospective jurors? I mean, are they aggressive? Are they uh, playing nice? Uh, how, how is that working? call them politely aggressive. Um, you know, they're certainly not going after them hard. They're being very polite, but very pointed. Um, you have Ron Sullivan, a Harvard professor from the from Harvard School of Law, handling most of the voir dire this morning so far, the jury questioning for the prosecution. And really, no surprise, uh, Scott Rosenblum is handling it for the defense. And the problem I think we're starting to see is that both of them have fairly sizable egos. Both of them are good trial attorneys, and they have been trying to sort of one-up each other in terms of, of questioning and how they handle it. And Burleson actually uh, at one point admonished them and said, you know, hey, guys, if they've said yes on or if they said, no, I haven't formed an opinion on the pre-questionnaire, let's not get them to keep repeating no. Let's look and explore areas where they have answered, yes, I have formed an opinion, or yes, I have a negative view of one side or the other here. The questionnaires are something a little bit different uh, in this case. In terms of... In the sense that it's not normally done. I, 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 having only made it through voir dire once in St. Louis um, or gotten picked to, to, to voir dire, no, I don't think you usually have this level of questioning in a standard, you know, felony case of how much do you know about this case already. This is, of course, a special circumstance. It's the first time the sitting governor of the state of Missouri of any party has ever been charged with a crime in history as the sitting governor, as uh, Jason points out several times, uh, a a man who was governor was charged after he left office, but this is the first time the sitting governor has been charged. So, yes, there is that element of that, that that is catching people's attention, for sure. One thing I think we should point out, and that is that even though they're going through this uh, now even lengthier process of trying to find a, a jury panel, uh, this could still be a bench trial. It could still be a bench trial. That is a motion still pending out there. Um, Judge Burleson seemed to think yesterday with the uh, 17 of 40 that they moved through, that was a pretty good percentage that they might be able to get a pool of about 40 to 50 for the second round of questioning to winnow down to 12. It depends, obviously, how the rest of this process goes. He's been pretty adamant 
that he wants the jury considering most of the things in this case, just kind of in general and even points of law, uh, such as whether there was a transmission, for example, that that is something for the jury to decide. So I have gotten the impression that he's going to do everything he can to keep this as a jury trial, that he believes it should be a jury hearing the case against the governor rather than him. And he is quoted in the morning paper as saying that uh, he thinks, uh, as of, I guess, last evening, everything was on track, so we'll assume it still is. uh, On track for, um, yeah, in terms of the number of people they want to to get through and sort of a percentage on track for time. No, we're not on track for time right now as to the original schedule. They've shifted it up to uh, move that second round of war dire to to Tuesday. Um, One thing they were concerned about is they told people yesterday that it needed to be Monday. The jury office seemed to think that they could get a hold of all of those people easily enough to tell them to come back Tuesday instead of Monday. I think of what he might have meant was that it's taking longer than expected, but uh, pretty much uh, as expected with regard to the way they're picking the the people that they have. Whatever. That's uh, it's almost old news. One final thing, Rachel, and that is yesterday there were some demonstrations outside the courthouse. Anything like that today? I haven't seen anything yet today when I went in this morning. Don't know what there was planned for this afternoon. It did actually come up in a conversation from the governor's attorneys that, you know, protesting may cause people to form an opinion in this trial if they haven't been instructed to disregard it. Um, what the sheriff Vernon Betts says is as long as they're not on their stairs, our stairs, we won't police them. So I'll be curious to see if it does lead to maybe telling them to go to the side where the jurors don't come in and out or if jurors are escorted in and out of a different door from where the protests generally take place, which is in that front plaza kind of by City Hall. But again, no indication that it's going to be sort of a daily thing that there are protests or that there's any other reason to be concerned. Anything else we need to point out before we let you go? I, I don't think so. Um, we're back at one fifteen for another round. It went until almost 7 o'clock last night. I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't go that long again, but we shall see. Rachel, thank you so much. Pleasure as always, Don. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.